G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Rise and Shine, Rise and shine. with Robbo and Becky on Vision. John Mackay, the creation guy, is with me as well. And we're live on Facebook this morning, so I encourage you to jump onto Facebook and check out because John's got some show and tell with him again, as he often does. We do so uh, thank you so much for uh, being here with us this morning, John. And what do you got there? It looks like you got some fossils and some, is it ferns? I do what, indeed. What do you got we have some rocks? fossil ferns. I mean, I can hold one up because it's already finished. And we have a young lady in our office who's proven to be quite artistic so I'm teaching her to restore fossils so that they're ready for our reopen day at Jurassic Ark in October. Um, let me put that one down. That's nice and easy to see. You can see I've taught her to etch the outside so you can see the fern clearly. And by the way, notice this fern. You can tell it's a fern, can't you? Mm. Uh, in reality, remember the point we commonly make? There's no fossil evidence for evolution. Ferns is ferns is ferns. And we used to have two sorts of ferns. Now we've only got one. The ferns and the rocks sometimes had seeds. Now they don't. Did you know that? I didn't know that. No, no, most people don't. But the evidence is against evolution. But what are we teaching her to do with this one? See that side? Pretty crummy, isn't it? See all the cracks? She's learning to restore the fossils too, to rebuild, you know, like the Whoa. Holy Spirit does to us, fixes <laughs> the cracks. And so what we've got here, lots of cracks. And of course, the aim is to try and make this side where the cracks have been show no cracks at all. Whoa. It's a fairly gifted skill, uh, and we're getting them ready for our reopen day at Jurassic Ark because you, if you come up close this one, see how she's learned to sort of etch around the outside so they really stand out? I mean, they're like that. Mm. They, these were filthy, just filthy. Right, I'm out of a coal mine, right? Covered up with all sorts of gunk. We've had to teach her to clean, and she's really doing well. What's she doing? She's exercising the creative gift that God has given every one of us. Don't blame others if, if you're not very skilled at things. Uh, exercise the gifts that God has given you mm. and be the best you possibly can at the handiwork that God has put in, in front of you to do. So fossils, wonderful evidence of God's yeah. handiwork in creation and in the flood and in the restoration of them That's as right. we exercise our creative gift. That's I actually awesome. brought you a book along today, Robbo, That's didn't right. I? Yeah, so the new book here from you. Now these, uh, already we've got quite a few of these in at Vision Christian Store, but this is brand new. In, the, in your series, the question mark series. So Adam and Eve and the two bites. Now, that's not computer bites. That's no, uh, no, two no. bites out of an apple. So uh, that'll no, be... It's not an apple. Oh, okay. It's, oh, perhaps... It's fruit. Yeah, what is it? It's a fruit. That's <laughs> right. It's all about the coming of sin because people, a lot of people love to learn about the pretty things, but the Bible's also about the things that are not so pretty, like man disobeyed God. And look at the consequences, even in the children. So it's all about children mm. learning sin's a real problem, and the only solution is that's right, the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus who came and uh, reversed the mm. curse. So these are great books. You can get some of these in the store, as mentioned already, at visionstore.org.au. But this is a brand new one, hot off the press, hot off the press, and we'll have that one in the store in the next little while. But uh, Adam and Eve and the two bites. But uh, if you've got a question for John Mackay this morning, we'd love to hear from you. You can call through on 1-800-316-316. Or if you're watching on Facebook right now, you can ask your questions. Maybe you've been watching uh, John point out these amazing yep. fern fossils and you've got some questions about and, the flood or, or and Genesis. And they can go to creationresearch.net too. Mm -hmm. 
and they can learn all about our reopening day. You know how COVID's sort of almost over in Queensland? <laughs> We're reopening our Creation Museum, Jurassic Ark, October the 10th. It's free. Go to our website, find out more details. Excellent. That'll be exciting, 10th of October, to get along to that. So, yeah, uh, give us your questions for John this morning. He's here for the next couple of hours, and uh, we'd love to hear from you uh, with your questions. But, yeah, check out creationresearch.net for uh, some great uh, resources online there, but also details about the reopening day of the creation uh, Jurassic Ark. Rise and shine on Vision Christian Radio. Robbo with you this morning, and my good mate John Mackay, the creation guy, is here. Mm-hmm. And uh, some show and tell that we've just uh, put on Facebook, you can check that out at uh, Facebook. While you're there, uh, you can ask your questions of John Mackay uh, this morning. Uh, either call through or ask on Facebook. You can call 1-800-316-316. But we've had some questions come in already, John. Um, Vicky says, my son wants to know, which day did God create seaweed? Because she says that uh, you know the earth brought forth vegetation on the third day and the earth was defined as dry land mm-hmm. in verse 10. So was seaweed a part of that or was it part of the uh, oceans? Well, it's like asking which day did God create jellyfish. Uh, <laughs> there are some things that are not specifically mentioned in Genesis, but when it says the earth is defined as dry land, I'm always reminded that God made a moon too, right? And so when the moon and the sun are in the right places, we have high tide and we have low tide. Mm -hmm. And the seaweeds classically grow in that sort of a boundary. So uh, when I walk down at uh, Manly and Wynnum, where I grew up, right, it's a beautiful place when the tide's in, but at low tide, you can see all the seaweed in the mud for Mm. miles. So it's part of the land plant system because unknown to many people, seaweeds have flowers, Right. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, underwater flowers. Oh, how about uh, quite, that? Quite amazing. So they're part of that dry land process, but a little bit less than than dry. Yeah, right? yeah. But it is dry at certain times. Oh, that's right? cool. So, yeah. so I guess the wonderful thing about that is that kind of debunks the whole thousand, you know, a day is a thousand yes. years sort of scenario yes. because, you know, obviously if it was created as a part of the third day yeah. and then, you know, it wasn't wet essentially for another day or so, it doesn't really matter. No, but if it's sat right. dry for a thousand years, right. <laughs> it You're might have been an issue. Trouble. But it's also indicative of the fact that when you say, when did God make the seaweed, you've got to ask another question. When he made the animals to team, the water team with living creatures, mm. what did they eat? Well, they all yeah. started out vegetarian, so the seaweed has to already be there. Mm. Big, little, uh, or whatever, it has to be there before they are yeah. there wow. um, to, to, to provide their food. That's great. Okay, well, thank you. Uh, for the question, Vicky, you can ask your questions of John on Facebook as well. Just search Vision Christian Radio or call through. We'd love to hear from you this morning. 1-800-316-316 with your questions. Always encouraging and always fun. Rise and shine on Vision. It's Robbo with you and John Mackay, the creation guy, is here as well, answering your questions this morning. So you can call through on 1-800-316-316. Let us know your questions if you want to ask something about creation. Genesis, something, anything from the Bible. I've got a question for you, John, which is actually from my wife. Uh, last night I said to my wife and uh, one of my boys, I said, oh, have you got a question for John Mackay, the creation guy? And my wife said, yes, I do have a question for you. And it's actually more of a theology question than you know, creation or anything. But she's, we've actually been, the last week or so, been uh, talking about and debating the subconscious mind and wanting to figure out biblically whether it's part of our spirit or our soul now we sort of disagree on this i'm 
uh, thinking that it's part of our soul. She thinks it's more uh, our spirit. Um, but we can't really you know, find any um, real mm-hmm. strong evidence for that biblically. What, what is, what's your take on the subconscious mind? Okay, well, don't be surprised that you have trouble because even the book of Hebrews says the word of God divides asunder the soul from the spirit mm. and the psychologists don't come anywhere near that. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So when they try to sort out what's happening here, is it a secret inner voice or something like that, they have no way of dealing with it because it takes the word of God to actually for, for you to separate mm. and say there are body, soul, and spirit. Mm-hmm. And the reason is very simple. Uh, so it will take a roundabout way to get back to your, your question. Back in Genesis, God made us in his image. Mm -hmm. Now, he is Father, Son, and Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. We're made as a reflection of him, even though sin has ruined all all of that, but there's still that relic there. We are a tripartite being. Hence, the scripture says body, soul, and spirit. And you find Jesus referring to this in Matthew 22, where he says, you will love the Lord your God with your heart, your soul, and your mind. Mm. Okay, now we're getting closer to the question that you asked, and every one of us has experienced the situation where someone asks you a question and you know you know the answer, you just don't know what it is at <laughs> yeah, the moment. That's right. And seven hours later, about 2 a.m. in the morning, pop, you're yep, wide awake there it is. and the answer comes out and it's all solved. And you think, oh, why couldn't I do that at, at 9 a.m. at 9 p.m. at night, right? And the reality, we do have functions that occur subconsciously to us. Mm-hmm. Now, subconsciously, does that mean it's spirit? Does that mean it's soul? Does that mean it's mind? Um, we have trouble dividing all of those because the script, uh, you know, the book of Hebrews, it takes the sword of the Lord yeah, that's to actually right. d- divide that up. So, okay, when we go back to the body, um, you can have an unconscious person whose body is not doing anything as far as we can concerned. You can have body in a coma, mm-hmm. which absolutely nothing is happening, or you can have various grades all the way up to the one whose mind is so active and who was on their knees before the Lord and the Lord actually speaks to them and through them mm. according to his word, right? So you'll find every grade from one end to the other. So where do we put this? Do I favor Robbo or his wife? <laughs> uh, or do we try and put them all together? Do I cause a marriage split here? Uh, what's really happening? Uh, our spirit, the scripture says God has built into us um, the conscience, right? Now, that is in one sense subconscious, but you can actually destroy it. You can actually block it off so you can't hear it anymore. Mm. Whether it's still speaking or you just are deaf to it, we don't know. But let's get one point clear. Subconscious is a term from the psychologist, not a term from the scripture. So perhaps we have an artificial question here Mm. which doesn't have anything other than an artificial answer. We have our body, which is the mechanism through which we physically speak. We have our mind, which is a gift of the Lord, and we have our spirit. But you remember the scripture says um, back in Corinthians, that very controversial, unpopular section to preach on about when your spirit speaks. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, this is not the Holy Spirit. That's our spirit. Yeah, right. right? And it speaks the things of uh, uh, for God or against God, depending on where you stand, right? And your body speaks as well. And one can contradict the other, and you end up with people who we call have split personalities. Mm. So you find every range from one to the other, but avoid the term subconscious because it's from the psychologist, not from the biblical picture. Right, okay. Well, there you go. Well, you've sort Have of, I kept your marriage together? Yeah, you haven't answered the question, but that's all right. We'll continue to debate it. Hey, that's a really good answer, though. I mean, it's some great thoughts that you, yeah. that you bring out and all that. So 
that gives us a bit more to chew on. Good. So thanks Good. for that. <laughs> uh, you can ask your questions of John as well. I am still yet to see John stumped on any question ever over the course of his time here at Vision. So see if you can do it this morning. 1-800-316-316 is the number. Just the right mix of things to inspire and things to make you smile. Rise and shine on Vision. Robbo with you and John Mackay, the creation guy, is with me as well today. Taking your questions and your calls on 1-800-316-316. You can also check out uh, on Facebook. We just did a live video about half an hour ago. Uh, showing some of John's uh, fossils that you brought in, the fern mm-hmm. fossils. Beautiful stuff. So uh, amazing uh, that we've uh, got there. So check it out at Facebook. You can ask your questions there as well, of course, uh, and call through with your questions for John Mackay on 1-800-316-316. Now, I want to ask John, of course, uh, you've been in a couple of times this year, but it's been a pretty crazy year to say yeah, the least. Yeah. With the- I, I didn't like those phone interviews you did. No, rather. the phone is <laughs> never the same as having you here in the studio. But... Uh, where are things at for you guys? I know that you mentioned already that Jurassic Arc's reopening mm-hmm, on the mm-hmm. 10th of October, which is exciting. But, I mean, typically you'd be out doing churches and schools yes, and all sorts yes. of other things. Are you getting into that a little uh, bit more? That's starting up. since In the, in the last month, since they eased off restrictions mm-hmm. in Queensland, we've done, I think, three churches. And it's really lovely to be there with live people. Yeah, you know? that's right. It's really fantastic. And we did our first school on Monday, oh, and uh, they're starting to open up. I have two or three schools coming up in the next couple of weeks, mm-hmm. so uh, really praising the Lord for that. It's just the joy. I mean, it, I, I think it did me as much good as it did the yeah. kids, right? They could hear about Christ and about creation and about the Creator, and we could enjoy the response you get far mm. better than I mean, I've done Zoom. I've got Zoom in Iraq and Zoom in England, and we've got webinars in America, but it's all... You know, yeah. It's almost like watching it yourself on TV. That's right, yeah. So it is really good to be with real people, and that's why I'm sure the Lord Jesus came down rather than just sending a Zoom webinar. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he came down right. in the flesh, right, just to yeah. be with us. Exactly. So that was good. So that's what we're doing. We've spent a lot of time restoring fossils, like I was talking mm-hmm. about on the little um, um, Facebook thing we did. Yeah. And uh, we are basically, uh, we've been... As, as you have been locked off from the mm. real world for the past four months. So we said, Lord Jesus, what can we do? Right. So we've been rebuilding. We've been writing books. We've been redoing the fossil collection mm-hmm. and sorting it all out. Because the Lord has blessed us with thousands and thousands of fossils that are beautiful. Yeah. Some of them, of course, have been a little filthy like we, the one we've been yeah. talking about here. So we've been using the time wisely Excellent. and just being amazed because when it started, as you shared, I'm sure, with your listeners, what's going to happen, you yeah. know, and we had no idea, Lord, no book tables, no field trips, no Jurassic Ark, none of this. Mm. Um, Lord, you're going to have to provide because we have no way we can provide. And the Lord has. We're still in the black, and we're just so encouraged that God's raising up people we've never even met or heard of <laughs> uh, to supply. And we, you know, you can go to a website. We don't make big appeals for funds or anything, but the Lord who turned nothing into gold, mm. right, can do that all over again. That's so good to yeah, hear. Well, I'm yeah. glad to hear that that's. Uh, Happened for you, and I'm very excited that you've got uh, some schools back on board. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get in touch with John, of course, creationresearch.net is the place to go, uh, all the contact details yeah. there. Um, but, yeah, look, if you can uh, get – obviously, it would have to be within Queensland at the moment. Like You That's can't right. cross a border. South Australia. Oh, okay, South Australia. South Australia. Yeah. So, yeah, a little bit of ex- extra yeah. work there. But, look, uh, let us know or let John know if you want to get mm-hmm. in touch with yeah. him and get him into your school or your church. 
Uh, I'll be in Toowoomba this weekend, by the oh, way. Okay, good. For those in the Wesleyan Church and the Baptist Church and the Bible College, I'll be there Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Okay, well, keep an eye out for John starting to move around again. And as mentioned, get in touch with him, creationresearch.net. But you can call through with your questions of John this morning, 1-800-316-316. Always encouraging and always fun. Rise and shine on Vision. Robbo with you and my mate John Mackay, the creation guy, is here for the morning taking your questions. You can call through with a question for John on 1-800-316-316. But uh, quite a few questions coming in on Facebook, John. Uh, We'll get to a, a couple of those. In fact... Uh, one question, someone was watching the live video that we did this morning. Adrian says, is that a new hat, John? Uh, that's a new hat. <laughs> it's a new creation, right? Because my old creation sort of began to get tatty and, yeah, right. you know, from sun cream and all of that. Uh-huh. So we got a new creation and Brand it helps me look a little better, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, it does. It looks great. Well, obviously, Adrian noticed. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Also, on Facebook, Ray has asked, a group of us oldies were discussing at coffee about the height of Mount Ararat and the mm-hmm. amount of water that would have been needed to cover it. Uh, Ray says, where did all the water come from and go to if it was the same depth all over the world? Okay, two points. Never assume that a mountain is always the same height as it is today. Mm-hmm. Right, if you go to New Zealand, there's a Mount Cook on the South Island that all of a sudden in a, in a rock slide lost a huge amount from the top. Mm. There's also a famous mountain in Wales that went, they went up a mountain and came down a hill or vice versa, the movie's called, <laughs> because they'd measured it wrong. Secondly, when you look at volcanoes, like there's one famous one in Mexico uh, that wasn't there one day, a farmer was ploughing his field and then a few stones started spitting out of the rock and then a year later it's nearly 1,000 feet tall, not 300 metres tall. So if you came along and said, how deep was the water to cover that? Well, it wasn't even there. Mm. Now, Mount Ararat is also volcanic. It would not have been there before Noah's flood. Right. It's a post-flood or a during-flood uh, production and a continuing mm-hmm. on afterwards. So when you look at the scripture and it says the fountains of the deep broke open and the waters came out right and the earth was flooded to a depth of uh, 15 cubits, whatever, to, uh, across the highest hill, we tend to forget that the water came from the inside. So if you bring stuff from the inside of the earth to the outside, there's only one direction for the outside to go, and that's in. Mm. Right? So the water would have come out at the expense of the earth sinking. We see this problem with farmland where we're fracking and extracting gas or water. You bring stuff out from inside, the land sinks. There's a famous valley in California I've driven through where all of the telephone poles are sloping over because the land sunk some, you know, 10 metres. Incredible because they've extracted water from underneath the ground. Mm. So there's the first part. Don't assume the current geography was there before Noah's flood. Secondly, you'll find that the where is the water? Where did it come from? Where did it go to? I still remember uh, reading the old Time Life. Are you old enough to remember Time Life? Oh, yeah, yeah, vaguely. Maybe, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, they had a whole series on the planet, right? And uh, one of them was on the ocean. And it began basically with the paragraph, there is sufficient water on the face of the earth that if all the mountains and that were tipped into the ocean, etc., there would be enough water to cover the earth to a depth of three miles or five kilometres. Right. So it's not a lack of water that's a problem. We tend to forget that the Marianas Trench is deeper than Mount Everest is high. Mm. So there's abundant water, always has been. Uh, Remember, the world was created covered with water. Mm -hmm. So Noah's flood is the second time the world was covered with water, not the first. Mm. And you can find more evidence of this 
on creationresearch.net, hit the Q&A button, search flood or search Noah. Yeah, excellent. That's great. Well, thanks so much, Ray, for your question. I'm sure that that answers it uh, sufficiently from John. As mentioned, creationresearch.net is the place to go with all your questions. There's a a great Q&A site on there. Uh, But thanks, Ray, for your question. You can do the same. Jump onto Facebook, ask a question of John Mackay, or call through and uh, let us know what you'd like to know from John Mackay, the creation guy. 1-800-316-316 is the number. Rise and shine with Robbo and friends on Vision. Robbo and John Mackay, the creation guy, is with me this morning. It's been so good having you here again, mate. Lots of calls and uh, questions coming through. But before we get to our next question, a quick mention. You've mentioned this uh, earlier on, your uh, Jurassic Ark re-open, open day, the re-opening. Re-open day, yeah. It's so exciting because obviously everything's been shut down this yeah, year that's right. at different points. But uh, this is reopening 10th of October, a free family day at a Jurassic Ark. And this is yes. sort of up near Gympie, isn't it, in southeast Queensland? up near Queensland. Gympie, that's right. And we have our brand new giant sharks uh, the fossils as well as the you, – you remember you've been up – did yeah, you see the, the boys, 3D yeah. virtual reality? Yes. Yeah, yeah. well, we've got giant sharks and scuba divers and everything coming Brilliant. in behind the fossils there, <laughs> and uh, we're hoping our giant crocodile gets there as well. So, But in reality, it's a great day out, but we under current regulations, we only allowed 100, mm-hmm. right? So they must book. That's absolutely important. Yeah, they yeah. must book. And unlike normal, we can't give you a barbecue or whatever. You have yeah. to bring your own tucker and water, <laughs> right? But uh, hopefully things will improve from here on mm. instead of devolving downwards. So yep. so that's good. So they must book, and it's on October the 10th, and it's free. Excellent. Very good price. Good. Yeah, that's perfect price for yep. families. So get along. You, as mentioned, you need to let uh, John and the team know. Uh, so creationresearch.net is the place to go uh, to register your place. The first 100 in will be able to turn up on Saturday, the 10th of October. Mm-hmm. So that's happening uh, real soon. Free family day at a Jurassic Ark. So make sure you get in on that one. And they can see all the details on our web, creationresearch.net. Excellent. All right, we'll do that. Uh, more calls coming through for John Mackay this morning. Lester's given us a call. What's your question for John? I'm just asking, John, you know how the, the Scripture says, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission for sin? Yeah, Hebrews, yeah. You know, you know when God, when Adam and Eve sinned, when God clothed them, He would have shed blood. Is that right? Yeah, because it says God took skins and He clothed them. Now there is no way that God would have done that, except from an animal that has skins, uh, and so he, an innocent animal, probably a sheep. We're not told in Genesis, so probably a sheep, because that is what Cain and Abel had to had the argument about. Abel took a, a lamb in the first year of its life and sacrificed to the Lord, and it was acceptable. Cain only took carrots and cabbages, and that wasn't acceptable because mm. they don't have blood. So, yes, an animal would have been died de- dead in Adam and Eve's place, but you will have noticed that they had to keep doing this, right, because one animal did not last for eternity. Every time they made new clothes, every time they wore out clothes, they would have had to kill another animal, all because of the consequences of sin, King David, King Solomon, when he built the temple, what did he sacrifice? 22,000 oxen? Mm. What a bloody religion, you know? But yet even that, they had to do it again the next year. And so it really was pointing up to the fact that only the Son of God could shed his blood for the man who'd made as the Son of God, Adam. All right? You catch the parallel there? And the blood of animals, the blood of bulls and goats, was not sufficient to pay eternally the price of our sin. The blood of Jesus was. Mm. Does that answer so your question, Lester? Yes, very good. Thank you very Excellent. much for that. Good on you, mate. Thanks so much for your All call. Right.
Pleasure. Call through with your questions for John Mackay, 1-800-316-316, or you can jump onto Facebook. If we don't get to all the Facebook questions this morning, uh, John, uh, hopefully you'll be able to go back later on yeah. and answer some of those for us as well. So check it out at uh, Facebook. Just search Vision Christian Radio. Rise and shine on Vision Christian Radio. Robbo with you, and John Mackay, the creation guy, is with me. Uh, we've been having a great morning answering your questions. You can call through with your questions or jump onto Facebook. Just search Vision Christian Radio on Facebook to uh, ask your questions of John Mackay. Uh, Cindy's called through with a question this morning, though. What's your question for John? Okay, well, it's four, but it's really two. Okay. Um, okay. Did all breeds of dog come from the wolf, or were they individual breeds at the start? Why doesn't the same difference in dogs happen to people? Now, the second part of it, why are kids born gay? Have they... Uh, oh. Were they because they got the hand and the body movements and the soul and the mind? Is it genetics? And the second part of that is why? Because I see it on sixty minutes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Why can girls be born in a boy's body? Is that genetics as well? Okay, right. let's let's separate <laughs> that into two questions. One which will get Robbo thrown into jail. And uh, <laughs> Okay, first point about the dogs and the breeds. Uh, you will find, again, more information on creationresearch.net. Click Q&A. But as a dog lover from way back and as someone who's been in the forests of Canada and seen the wolves and been all over the world and checked about every dog I can find, the African ones, uh, you know, the European ones, the Indian ones, etc., you do learn interesting things. There are dingoes in India, right, because the Aborigines came from India, so did the dogs. You'll also find that uh, when they first classified dogs, they classified them as separate species and separate groups. And finally, we've discovered that you can actually crossbreed all the, co- the things labelled uh, Canis, the dog family. They can interbreed and they are all fertile, right? So therefore, we know they're really only one genus or one kind of creature with many subgroups. We might like to call species, but even that is too, too far apart. Mm. So yes... Uh, the evidence shows us or seems to show that the wolf is the ancestral one, particularly from this point of view, the wild wolf is far healthier than any domestic dog. You breed a bulldog because you think it looks cute and can grab hold of a bull's leg without getting its nose beat in. Um, It's not the world's healthiest dog because it doesn't hold on because it wants to be strong. Once it locks its jaws, it's got a deformity. It can't let go, mm. right? So therefore, what we think useful is not helpful to the dog. But yes, one group of, of creatures, one kind, they didn't start off as separate breeds. Breeds are the ones we've manufactured for our own benefit, not necessarily the dog's benefit. So I'm fully behind the animal uh, groups who've pestered the dog show people saying we must not allow exhibition of deliberately mutated dogs. So mm. that's good on them. Yeah. Uh, they need to push that further. Breeds that are done purely for our entertainment uh, usually end up being cruelly deformed. When it comes well, to I've the, seen other, the I've, yeah, yeah, I've seen the foxes mm-hmm. that they like. I think it was Russia or somewhere. They bred like a hundred uh, foxes, you know, just the main group. Yeah. And then out of that main group, they took the aggressive ones, put them in a whole row of cages, and just kept picking the aggressive. Mm-hmm. Out of the main group, they also picked uh, kind ones. Ones that like being yep. patted and they yep. weren't weren't yep. scared, and they all came, became even kinder and nicer. And they were just like pups and dogs yep. and cuddly right. little. Yeah. They wanted your mm. attention. They were very affectionate in in the end. So, did they come? Did the fox come from the wolf as well? Um, we don't have an answer to that one. I've checked that one out. It's 
they certainly behave dog-like in the fashion you've just shown. But we can do that with every group of creatures. Take your parrots, for example. You can breed them to have the ones that don't really rip your eyeballs out in order to get the piece of bread out of your fingers, right? Um, (laughs) Or you can breed them aggressively. Um, Sadly, you can do the same to people. Um, In in one sense, it's a real truth. Survival of the fittest uh, is not evolution, but it does actually happen. Um, so when, when we're breeding animals or even having our own children, make sure we give them the best environment for the best to come out of them. Mm. Right, so there's a, a real physical point in, in, the, in the instruction God gave us to exercise dominion over the planet. Uh, secondly, when it comes to the gay issue, very politically controversial, and John Mackay is known as being very politically incorrect <laughs> on this because when God created Adam and Eve, he made them male and female, and Jesus said, therefore a man will take a wife. That's why Paul writes in Corinthians chapter 6 that, you know, you homosexuality is an offence to God. It was an offence in Genesis. It's an offence in Malachi. It's an offence in Matthew. It's an offence in Corinthians. It has not changed. You are not born homosexual any more than you're born a thief or a robber. What you're born is a sinner. Mm. The type of sin you choose is yours. Right, so I could be a thief. I could be a liar. Well, actually, I never could be I thought, a good liar. I thought babies. I thought babies were born with a clean slate and a clean mind. How can they be born gay? They're not. Uh, they're never. Born, nobody is ever born gay. I did deliberately did three years of genetics at University of Queensland, graduated with distinctions, right, and that was my chief interest: finding out the genetics of sex. And there was no evidence then, and there is no evidence now that anybody is born gay. This is an excuse. Right. If you look back through the history of people saying, oh, alcoholism is a disease. No, alcoholism is a disease. Sin is the real problem. Mm. What you choose to do with your tongue and your mouth and your stomach is your choice, which God will hold you accountable. So that's why when the scripture talks about sin being forgiven, Jesus came to die for the effects of Adam's sin. And our sins are choices that we make, which we'll also be held accountable for. So nobody is born gay, nobody is born a murderer, nobody is born a thief, but every one of us Mm. could choose to be that. Even when you are saved, you still have that sin nature in you. And I'll be honest with you, one of the things I'm looking forward to when Jesus comes again and when he makes the new heavens and the earth is I won't be able to sin and disobey God anymore. Yeah, so true. That's a great response, John. How can a girl think that, you know, how can a... A girl's mind be born in a boy's body. I mean, okay. that's just that's just yeah, the connections in the brain. Wrong. No, no, it's, it's it's it goes deeper than that. Even one of the things we don't like facing up to is a the fact that we are born with a problem called sin, and b there is a real being called Satan. I don't want to scare the daylights out here, but when the scripture says, beware the doctrines of demons, it's talking to Christians, right? The demons are out there and the Bible teaches that they will whisper in your ears, do this, do that. And you will say, but the Holy Spirit led me. No, no, no. The Holy Spirit only leads you to do what God says is right, never to do which is the opposite. So you will find there's not the slightest evidence girls' minds are ever born in boys' bodies, but there are demons who will play with you. Right and twist your mind and make you, and that's why you do need to actually re- reject Satan in this world and and receive Christ as your Lord and King, and then be disciplined by Him. It's it's really easy to say, Jesus, forgive my sin. He he loves that stuff, but then He says, now come and be my disciples. Right, so we must have our mind disciplined 
uh, by the Lord Jesus. So as much as the psychologists loved all this sort of stuff, it's fidge-fadge because the whole basis of most modern psychology is to reject God and God's word. So I'd encourage you, check God's word for every answer on this, and you'll find again, Q&A, creationresearch.net, click Q&A. There's lots of stuff. One of our ladies is, is a medical biologist with a brilliant background in this at Canberra University. So have a look at her articles, uh, creationresearch.net, click mm, Q&A. Excellent. Hope that's been Cindy, helpful. we need to yeah, keep moving, I'll, but I really appreciate your call yeah. and your questions. It's been wonderful chatting with you. Okay, thanks. Just the right mix of things to inspire and things to make you smile. Rise and shine on Vision. Robbo with you. And John Mackay, the creation guy, is with me this morning answering your questions. We've had some great calls coming through. And some questions on Facebook too. Anne has uh, jumped onto Facebook uh, with uh, three questions. So I might get you to answer one of these now, mm-hmm. John. And if you wouldn't mind, you can respond sure. to her further. Uh, Anne's a first-year student at uni mm-hmm. doing agricultural science. So obviously lots of evolution mm-hmm. and uh, you know, uh, ancient world and everything in there. Uh, but Anne's a Christian. And so she says, what's the best way to challenge versus just accepting evolutionary topics in the classroom or during lectures? Okay. Point number one, um, you've got to keep a respectful position because you're not the lecturer. You're not the professor, right? So therefore, your best methodology is for you to be always in the third person and for you to phrase questions that need an evidential answer. So respectfully ask, sir, um, you've just told us that strawberries evolved from seaweed, right? Do we have any fossils that show this, right? So use an investigative, as if you're a reporter mm, trying to write good. an assignment, right? And uh, because if you watch, you know, some of the uh, better Four Corners programs or the a- ABC investigative journalism, and they've degenerated a lot in the past few years, <laughs> but you're really trying to ask incisive questions politely and gently to even help the lecturer. Right, so that mm. you, you know, I found when I was at a student uh, that if you asked a, a certain question, the lecturer would have to say, "Well, I don't actually know." Right, and the the worst answer they give is, "Well, all my colleagues say so." <laughs> yes, well, where can I find out where your colleagues got it from? Yeah, right, and always be respectful, but use that probing technique, mm. and you will discover, as I discovered after three years, four years, five years. There are no evidences. Mm. It's a lovely story that they fit everything into. Yep. Uh, so you even need to learn words like, you know, worldview and, and things like that and say, aren't we just putting this in an evolutionist worldview? Uh, but ask it mm. politely and you'll you'll get good marks for it. That's great. Uh, that's a really good idea because obviously most people just accept it whole as yep, polis and right. yeah, move on. But yeah, ask some probing questions. Mm. But, uh, a good good point to keep it respectful, obviously. Don't sort of come down as like, no. well, no, 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 you know, and that's not going to win you any, any points at all, is it? Great question, Anne. Some more questions there on Facebook, but uh, John will respond to those uh, later on. Uh, thanks to all those that are coming through with your questions on Facebook. It's uh, been great to see those. Uh, you can check out the conversation. Always encouraging and always fun. Rise and shine on Vision. Robbo with you. And John Mackay, the creation guy, has been with me for the last couple of hours, taking your calls. We've got time for just one more. Uh, Joseph's on the line. What's your question for John? Well, my question was um, oversized six-fingered human beings. If he has any, um, uh, uh, come across any credible evidence for, for the um, biblical, um, uh, the Genesis, uh, the fallen ones, the Nephilim. Uh, okay. The, 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 the oversized six-fingered human beings. What's his you view will, on that? You will find the Nephilim you're referring to here are post-flood, like Goliath and his children. Goliath's children right. are, are recorded as having six fingers and six toes, and you will also notice that shortly after that, the giants disappear off the planet. 
The second lot of Nephilim are definitely Canaanites, right? Some of them were huge, but at the same time, they were huge grapes. The land of, of Canaan was magnificent in terms of its abundance. So you could be big and you could, you could thrive. But shortly after King David and the others are around, uh, the Nephilim disappear and they disappear from that part of the world forever. Okay, we do have occasionally uh, giants born today. Quite a few of them are deformed. Uh, they don't live long enough to have children. They're usually sterile. So if you follow the pattern, the Nephilim in Canaan were, I mean, Goliath had a mum and dad. He had children. He had a wife, right? They reproduced, but they were already on the way out. The world's degeneration was fighting against gigantism in human beings. It's like uh, I grew up uh, watching Andre the wrestler. Uh, I was amazed at that guy because you watched him when he was 20. He was like a tank with two legs, right? And you couldn't beat him no matter what you want. But he died alone in a hotel room. His body just fell apart. Um, just a tragic mm. story. Yeah. So, yes, we have plenty of present-day evidence that this sort of giantism can happen, but it no longer happens to the point where they can produce a race of giants. Okay, in terms mm. of this, the stories uh, in, in the biblical account, what I find fascinating as someone who's investigated all the traditions of the Middle East and further, you find a lot of giant stories uh, right through ancient mythologies. That's what they're called. But like most things, mythology and gossip go hand in hand. They always start with a little bit of what's fact before they get di diverted mm. and perverted. So that's the sort of evidence you can find written in records of other cultures as well. And the last point I'll make mm. is what we do today is we fall victim to this psychologist who says, well, we have no evidence the Bible is true. And then you have to reverse that question and say, well, hang on, the Bible actually is evidence. If you had a book written by the Aborigines, you take it at face value. Why do you treat the Bible as anything different when you dig up the Dead Sea Scrolls and the story of the giants is in there? They had, if I remember correctly, 60 commentaries on the book of Genesis and the Dead Sea Scrolls. Mm. They regarded it as important. So we do have ancient documents pre-Christ um, about these, these giant beings, and we should take them at face value. Yeah, great point. Hey, thanks for your call, Joseph. Always great to Thank hear you. from you, mate. Thank you. Lots of good calls and questions coming through again today. As always, thank you so much to everyone that's been a part of the program. Thanks, John. We always love having you in here. It's amazing to hear the way that you respond to uh, this breadth of questions that always seem to come through uh, every time. Amen to that. It's been good to be here and yeah. to share our reopening day on October the 10th and mm. just enjoy sharing God's word and God's work with the people. That's right. Absolutely. Well, yeah, mentioning that again, uh, 10th of October, uh, the free family day out at Jurassic Park. Uh, only 100 people allowed, obviously, with the COVID restrictions. So you need to get in early and register. You can't just turn up on the day. Uh, but uh, register ahead of time on creationresearch.net and you'll be able to um, be there on the day for a free uh, family day BYO lunch. It's between 10.30 and 2.30 on that mm -hmm. uh, day, the 10th of October. And also you mentioned earlier, this is on the Facebook video that we did at the start of the program, but uh, Adam and Eve and the Two Bites, the yep, brand, brand new book new, in your series, the yeah. Question Mark series. Uh, obviously, we've already got a bunch of these in the store, yeah. uh, but this particular one will be added to that uh, uh, in the next little while once we get it uh, onto the website. So uh, check out the other uh, great it's resources that are available. It's already on your web yeah. store. Great. So creationresearch.net is the place to go. And a brand new book on the Stone Age by our resident historian, John Osgood. That's, oh, a, that's John great, is great too. value, yeah. yeah. The other John. The other John, <laughs> that's right. So check all that out. Some great resources, creationresearch.net. Obviously, the Q&A side on there is just a wealth of uh, knowledge as well creationresearch.net John, thanks again mate really appreciate your time this morning 
Good on you, mate. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 